Welcome back to When Life Gives You Melons. We're your hosts. I'm Reed. And I'm Drew. And today we're going to talk to you about ADHD and women. So historically, with medicine and science, women are normally left out of the equation when we're looking at these things. When we're testing new medications, when we're doing studies, a lot of the times people just think that women are men but with different hormones. And don't necessarily understand that things like neurodiversities and certain medications are going to affect us differently than our male counterparts, which leads things like mis- or undiagnosed ADHD and other neurodiversities out in the world. ADHD in women often goes undiagnosed, and too many women, myself included, grow up being called lazy, selfish, spacey, or dumb just because their symptoms went ignored and untreated. We were initially taught that ADHD is this, like, boys phenomenon, air quote. But three decades later, we now know that ADHD is an equal opportunity condition. Equal opportunity, maybe. Equally recognized and treated, it is not. No. So according to the CDC, boys are far more likely to receive a diagnosis of ADHD, not necessarily because girls are less prone to this disorder, but because girls present this a lot differently than boys do. Or at least they can present it a lot differently. So people look at a little boy who's bouncing off the walls, who's absolutely crazy, and think, that's ADHD right there. And if that little girl who's spaced out in the corner isn't bouncing off the wall, she obviously doesn't have ADHD. Yeah, so that polite, daydreaming, underachieving girl just isn't getting the same attention because she's not hyperactive and impulsive the way her male counterparts are. Staring out of the window is nothing when the kid next to you is dancing on that windowsill. Mm -hmm. So with that, we'll tell you the different types of ADHD, because there's actually different types. I didn't know if you guys knew that. And this is kind of where we talk about that ADHD and ADD are the same diagnosis, just one has a subtype of hyperactive. And hyperactive, we'll also tell you, isn't hyper. But let's get into it first. So our first version of ADHD is the inattentive only version. This person normally has difficulty paying attention and doesn't tend to be disruptive in the classroom. They just tend to be more of the daydreamer. The ones that you're always trying to pull back into the class. Are you focusing? We're on this page now. Yeah. Stop looking out the window. That's the inattentive version, Mm -hmm. which is most commonly what's diagnosed for girls is this inattentive version. So we normally get diagnosed mostly with ADD. Then there's the hyperactive impulsive side of that. This person has a really good ability to focus, but their hyperactivity and their impulsive behavior make it really difficult in the classroom to keep them not disrupting everybody else and not even disrupting their own classroom rhythm for themselves. Mm -hmm. And then our last one is actually a combined type. This person has both. They are both inattentive and hyper. And I will say again that hyper doesn't mean hyper. Hyper means heightened. So this is somebody that fidgets a lot. Um, We normally see or they normally talk about the crazy boys running around the room. Hyper can also be having to doodle all the time, clicking your pen a lot, fidgeting in your chair, things like that. That is hyper. That's where the movement idea of this comes into. I personally have a combined diagnosis. I have both. 
It makes me more interested in getting diagnosed because I've always been a very fidgety kid. In fact, Catherine would love to play a game with me sometime to see how long I could sit still for, which I, I, I couldn't sit still for very long, usually. So many symptoms of hyperactivity and impulsivity that girls do, that girls will express, will present still differently than these boys that we see in the classroom. These are these symptoms that we're talking about, the inattentive symptom. A lot of the times it is that girl that you think is just an airhead. She most likely is ADHD because she can't pay attention. I actually feel this one a lot. I have a very hard time staying focused and not starting my own dialogue in my head. If someone's talking at me, if I'm watching something, if... So I... I understand that a lot, especially as a person that listens to podcasts, I rewind a lot. That's why I like it so much is because I can. I, I know that I'm going to have this inattentive moment, so at least I can do that for myself. That's very interesting because I actually, I do the same thing. I, re, I will start to drift and have a conversation in my head about something they're talking about on a podcast. And as a kid, I know I was a bit of annoying to watch movies with and stuff sometimes, and I guess still am, because I have to rewind sometimes because I'll be watching something and then my mind will drift into my own version of either what's going on or how I would have done it or whatever conversation it spurred into my head about that subject. And then I missed mm-hmm. five minutes of the TV show and I have to rewind so I can rewatch it. And these symptoms are something that I'm assuming that everyone has experienced at some point in time. It's just that with people with ADHD, it's a chronic thing. It's constant and it has a reason. It's a chemical imbalance in your brain. That's what causes ADHD. It's your neuropronephrine production. We talked about that in uh, last season, so go check out that episode on medication if you want to hear more about that side of it. Our next one is going to be distractibility. I mean, right then and there, we're pretty distractible. We get on tangents pretty easy. Um, Just, you know, the things that catch your mind out the window, stuff like that. Hyperactivity, but again, this isn't hyperactivity. This is just heightened activity or heightened emotion. This can be anything from Mm -hmm. fidgeting to you know, being actually physically hyper and having to move around more. Um, What comes along with this and our next one, which is impulsivity, both of these will, this is where we start seeing the behavioral side of ADHD or ADD come out because you're hyper, you're impulsive, you don't necessarily think about what you do or what you say off the bat if you haven't, especially if you don't know that you have this, you haven't been trained to like calm down before you say something. It can lead to some social issues and interactions because you don't, necessarily have the same cues you know and you tend to you may tend to react a little bit more impulsively than and then you know reflect back on your actions rather than reflect before you act yeah so um that happens with everyone with adhd or add uh it happens with everyone in general but again it's something that just happens more with people like us and that's something to think about and it's also why we Mm -hmm like medication because it helps with um, being able to process better. Our next one is, and last one, is executive malfunctions, which is just a fancy way of saying organization. This is something I fight with myself all the time. There's half of me that wants to be a very organized person, and then there's the other half of me that just doesn't even want to look at it. So I feel like that is very uh, relevant to my life, and I do do things for myself, like obviously planners and making sure that you have a routine for yourself and things like that. So this one is something I also relate to. I try and be super organized because if I'm, if I'm not, and believe me, I'm not, I'm not the best at it, even no matter how hard I try, stuff falls through the cracks that I'm like, shoot, wait, I thought I had that. So definitely leaving myself uh, alarms and putting things in my calendar is so, so helpful for me because it uh, doesn't come naturally, unfortunately. 
So those are our subtypes of ADHD and our symptoms that go along with these subtypes. They do range and they are different for everybody, but that's kind of, you know, the standard what we're talking about and looking for. A late or a misdiagnosis for a girl doesn't just mean that girls don't get the academic services and accommodations that, you know, that we needed, the help to help us succeed the same way that these off-the-wall boys are getting. Research also indicates that these underdiagnoses of ADHD can actually jeopardize girls in, you know, women's self-esteem long-term, and in many cases, their mental health altogether. Really quick, so a study in 2014 was published on ADHD in women, and the findings show or suggest that women with ADHD are going to really try to hide it. They're going to try to internalize it. They're going to try to have as many non-visual symptoms as possible in our life. And it even goes on to show that they might even develop better coping mechanisms and strategies for this condition than their male counterparts. As a result, because we're like trying to hide ourselves the whole time, people in our life, like our teachers, you know, pediatricians at a young age, and others who should technically notice that these girls have signs of ADHD, miss them because we're hiding them. We're trying to be less noticeable as a girl. I hope that was succinct. I think it was. And it makes sense that this kind of behavior that we train ourselves to do and are partly trained to do by society society would affect our self-esteem because if we are having a hard time focusing and people think we're flighty or feather-brained for it and then even with like trouble with organization makes you feel feather-brained and less capable, that's definitely going to affect your self-esteem. It just, it will. Yeah. Um, I always think about this idea of this, uh, the society that we live in culturally. And I understand that like around the world it is different and it changes, but the one that I specifically live in is the society is very much geared towards girls having to be really organized. They're really clean. They're, you know, have to be very good conversationalist and very good um, at um, like emotional connection and all of these things that we deem as feminine and female and None of that, none of that, that box of woman fits for being ADHD or neurodiverse in general. I am not an organized person. I have a harder time paying attention, so I'm not going to be able to immediately have this emotional connection with you because I physically have to pay attention more. And you're expecting me to have it off the bat. Like, it's this idea of filling a box that is woman in our society and understanding that the disorders or my neurodiversities make me a person, not a woman. Mm-hmm. I, I have felt the same way in this society with the, well, that's what a boy is like. A boy is allowed to be hyperactive. That's not what a girl is like. I mean, just from being, you know, put in dresses, you're on a dress, be more modest. Well, boys don't get put in dresses, so they don't have that pressure put on them yeah cross your legs make sure you don't bend over and you kneel instead like yeah exactly yeah you were so taught to be so hyper aware of ourselves and how we're presenting ourselves to other people and oh that's just how boys are yeah we actually talked about this before recording we think that it's like little girls are taught when you're allowed to release your energy and when you're not i feel like it's like, you know, you're sitting in a dress, so, you know, make sure you don't get your dress dirty, make sure you're not flashing anybody, and then, in turn, there'll be a little boy dancing on the top of a car, and you're like, oh, isn't that cute? Rambunctious. And it's like, that's so starkly different over, let's praise rambunctious boy, and let's tell that little girl in the dress to be more modest, or more conscious of how she's presenting herself. And it's just like, mm-hmm. uh and then it just, it devolves from there. It just gets exponentially worse, and... And it allows girls to be looked over, because... 
instead of being looked at and analyzed, they're just told to stop. Yeah. So that's a really good segue into our next area here of girls with ADHD, and especially ones, especially ones that go undiagnosed, are significantly more likely to experience major depression, anxiety, self-harm, suicidal tendencies, and eating disorders than other girls. Not even than other people, but than other just girls in in our our regular day-to-day. We, especially with how we present our ADHD, a lot of the times get segued into this hair-brained, airhead, blonde moment girl that can't learn, can't do anything, and it's that's not it at all. It is turning our self-esteem into, like, putty. Because you're not supposed to act that way. You're supposed to be, you're supposed to be totally fine. Okay. So without a proper diagnosis or understanding, failures then become evidence. These failures that we get, it's like, it's a confirmation bias. It's a, it confirms the self-deprecating talk that you have about yourself when you aren't able to reach these things that you think that everyone else is reaching because you physically can't do it the way everyone else does. Especially when you don't know why this is happening. You don't know why it's happening, and then people just kind of, like, write you off on that's how you're supposed to be, almost. And you're like, this doesn't feel right mm-hmm. to me. So, because boys are more likely mm-hmm. to get diagnosed, even though lots of girls have ADHD, mm-hmm. it's easier for girls to feel alienated because of this. So, to help girls not feel alienated with the fact that they keep getting underdiagnosed and they're supposed to be acting a different way, even though biologically we're ADHD, the best thing you can do is really just... One, normalize your own personality. Two, get a diagnosis to feel valid in what's happening. And then talk to other people that are ADHD, especially women, and get a better grasp on how you work in your diagnosis. That's really the only way to help with the self-esteem part. It's just, there's a ton of people going through life that aren't going to get diagnosed because it's really up to their parents to get diagnosed. And then they're going to hit their 20s and they're still not going to understand what's wrong with them. They're just going to think that, well, I'm just one of those stupid people. And you're not. Mm-hmm. You're not. So I just don't I don't like it. You're not. And I'd like to, I hope any parents or teachers who might be listening to this and recognizing some of these symptoms in... Signs. Signs, uh-huh. thank you. Um, who are noticing some of these signs in any of the girls that they have either in their class or whatever, that they... Um, might look at those signs now with different eyes so that we can get these young women tested before they hit their 20s. Yeah, I would recommend if you're a, I guess anyone, you know, a teacher or a parent, if you have a child that's abnormally spacey or quiet, there might be a reason why. So that's basically all I have for this episode on ADHD with women. Um, Just talking about how it gets underdiagnosed, the issues with that, and just how we should really be thinking about this a little differently, Mm -hmm. especially when there's a lot of women out there that don't understand why they can't manage work, their home life, and their extracurriculars, and it's like, there's a reason. There's a reason. It's not your inability to organize. There's a reason. You're not alone. Nope. And you're not alone. So, with that, you can find us on Instagram at melons.podcast, melons.podcast. Instagram. We're over there posting weekly about neurodiversities and also these uh, episodes that we put up, put out more information. You can message me there. There's also an email button if you want to send me anything lengthier. As always, please follow 
so that way you're able to get a notification when a new episode comes out. You don't have to be like wondering where we are. And review us because it really helps, one, me know that you like me, and two, it helps the algorithm. Helps people find the dyslexic podcast if they're looking for it, you know? The more you like us, the more dyslexic people find us. I'm just saying. We thank you for coming and listening to us talk. We are a community and we love, love, love watching it grow and communicating with you guys. It is great. Yeah, very much so. You can tell us how you're liking that second season as well. That'd be lovely. And as always, my little melons out there in the world, be different and be kind. <laughs>